You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Tuesday morning, uh, Tuesday afternoon, your Tuesday edition of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, uh, Apple, iTunes, those are the same thing, Stitcher, Google, SoundCloud, you're already here. So I think you're okay. Uh, please rate and review in any of those places. Just not for today's episode. Go listen to one with normal host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. He's much better at this. Go review that one. I only have this con conference today, and I'm not going to be responsible for any dings on his, I'm sure, what is a sterling review record. Speaking of me, I am your mystery secret guest host, Luis Enrique Corzo. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, which is probably most of you, and aren't deep, deep into Pelicans Twitter, uh, you can follow me at Pelicans Reddit for some, I would say, different Pelicans takes. Uh, I also occasionally write at Locked On Pelicans, though I haven't in a while, so unless you really want some uh, old takes on Darius Miller and Etwan Moore, why they shouldn't go into the three-point shooting contest last year, don't worry about it. Uh, so let's talk about what we're going to do today. We're going to do a little bit of NBA trade news right off the top since a trade did happen, uh, however small you may think it. I live for this, so we're going to talk about it. Uh, before recapping the late afternoon game between the Grizzlies and the Pelicans, that was a victory. And then we're going to do a little bit of a dive into some Jaleel Okafor stuff because he had a great game, and we're going to talk about it. So let's dive right into the NBA trade news. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, the Houston Rockets have agreed to trade Carmelo Anthony and cash to the Chicago Bulls. Because if Jerry Reinsdorf is here for anything, it is to make cash. He will not pay the luxury tax, and he will take all of your extra money. Whether it's picks, whether it's in a trade, he wants it. What we're probably going to see happen is that Carmelo Anthony is going to get released from the Chicago Bulls without ever playing for them. He's going to become a free agent. He's going to sign somewhere else for the men. And we'll just kind of see where he goes. There's already rumblings about Los Angeles. I'm sure by the end of the week we'll have a better idea. The league offices were actually closed today, so the trade's not official yet. And that's the end of NBA trade news. There wasn't a lot. Sorry. We just kind of go with what we got. So let's talk about why you're really here. How did the Pelicans do the first game of this weird post-Anthony Davis preview for the Pelicans as we all wait to see what's going on with his finger when he gets reevaluated, I believe, at the end of the week. So today they had the Grizzlies in Memphis for an early 4.30 matinee Martin Luther King Jr. day game where they took care of business 105-85 to against the floundering Memphis Grizzlies team. They've lost 12 of 13. They just haven't looked great lately. All their early season momentum is pretty much out the window. There's talks of tanks selling off Mark Gasol and Mike Conley trying to get them to greener pastures before just blowing up the team. Basically, the perfect team for the Pelicans to face when they're down a superstar and look great while doing it. Uh, they pretty much took care of this one after the first quarter where they lost 21-28. And basically after that, they ran the table against Memphis. They got contributions from pretty much exactly who you'd think. 62 points coming from the trio of Nikola Mirotic, who came off the bench, Drew Holiday, and Julius Randle. Uh, so the surprise of today was starting center Jaleel Okafor uh, scoring 20 points, grabbing 10 boards, and getting his first double-double since 2017. While they didn't do anything really sterling, they just kind of didn't mess up and showed effort. 
which I know a lot of people have been asking for. They were able to take advantage of Memphis only shooting 37%. They grabbed 50 rebounds to Memphis's 35. After losing the first, they went into halftime with a four-point lead. And basically, over the next two quarters, just kind of built a fairly sizable lead. Uh, they got up to 23. They ended with 20-point lead. And basically did what they were supposed to do. Uh, probably the most interesting thing, you know, there have been questions about playing Nikola Meritich and... Julius Randle together, they kind of kept them separate and were able to get all the positives of playing them together. Maybe for a shorter stint, out of 27 minutes, they played 12 minutes together. Uh, they had an offensive rating of 112, a defensive rating of 60. That, for you folks keeping score at home, is 52 net. Uh, that's really, really good. Uh, they were plus 13 overall. Keep in mind, this was against, the again, the perfect punching bag right now in the Memphis Grizzlies. And it wasn't all positive. You know, you still have Alfred Payton, who hasn't looked quite settled I guess is the word since he's been back from his injury and I guess if you're being nitpicky there is the idea that besides Nico's 21 points there was only another eight points from a combination of Tim Frazier Darius Miller and Frank Jackson I guess we could throw Chuck Diallo in there but he only played 50 seconds so it's really hard to fault him for that but even if they weren't able to contribute more to the point total they were able to remain positive on the floor I believe yeah, everybody was a positive tonight. Basically, everybody was contributing to winning basketball, or at least... Or, you know, let's say that they contributed to increasing the Pelicans' lead or cutting down Memphis's lead. Which, hey, seems like a pretty good way to win basketball games. Coming up after the reset, we're going to go ahead and take a look at Jaleel Okafor's big night? Big night. He had a big night. It was really good. So, we'll check that out right after this. Welcome back to the podcast. Probably the most interesting story from last night's 105-85 victory was Jaleel Okafor not only getting the chance to really contribute with a 20-10 and double-double, he also got the opportunity to start over a guy like Nico, whether it was because, you know, keeping the rotations a certain way, bolstering up the bench scoring with Nico because he's a more reliable scorer, or keeping Randall and Nico, you know, more separated. It doesn't matter. Julio Okafor got the chance to start, and there was a nice story post-game on the radio. He was, Julio was interviewed, and he talked about how his dad flew in for the game from Chicago as soon as he heard that Julio was getting the start. Uh, Andrew Lopez of the Times-Picayune also had a really nice tweet about it. Julio Okafor's dad is behind the bench, and it's the greatest thing I've ever heard at an NBA game. He's cheering his son on like it's a high school game, and I'm all here for it. Someone get this man a seat behind the Pels bench at every game for the rest of the year. Uh, it's just a really nice story, uh, and if you didn't get a chance to check out the game, uh, I encourage you, I retweeted out the highlights, at least go check that out. Julia Ogafor, you know, he's a nice story. We've been seeing, you know, flashes of why he was the third pick. You know, he'll get the ball down low sometimes, and he'll just kind of maul guys. Uh, last night, he was pretty much handcuffed to Drew in the lineups. Uh, he was 9 of 11 from the field. He basically scored all of his points in the paint, but they came in a variety of ways. Back downs, dribble drives, uh, putbacks. He kind of showed out and did it all. Dribbled a couple times, had a couple blocks. 
it was all just very nice. It was a nice story. You hope that it can kind of help build momentum or at least show confidence that he can do this at a certain level uh, for at least limited time. And he should earn him some rotation minutes, when, even when Anthony Davis gets back. Or even if, you know, maybe one of Nikola Mirotic or Julius Randle ends up getting traded, he kind of shows that if he keeps showing these flashes, at least consistently, that he can soak up some of those minutes and it wouldn't be... They don't lose as much as you might think. I do want to be clear, though. This isn't some disillusioned call that, you know, Julio Gafford should, you know, start over anybody or play more minutes just because. Uh, it's more like, hey, maybe give this guy a little bit more run. The good news is we'll get to see it over the next couple of games at least until we know more about Anthony Davis. And, again, it's a nice story. You kind of hope that it propels him. It gives him confidence it gives the coaching staff confidence in him and you know maybe down the line he'll be a more of a rotational piece than what he is now which is just kind of an end of the bench guy so that's kind of just my spiel on Jaleel Okafor I (laughs) really apologize for that rhyme to literally everybody um uh one thing I did kind of think about while we're here and I get you know control of the microphone I get to drive this wherever I want is uh tanking uh i'm not sure if the pelicans should really be looking for losses just yet they're just not bad enough already and there's so many worse teams uh you're not going to catch anybody everybody keeps talking about how this is kind of a weak draft sure there could be gems i think the other thing is that i'm not sure i know jake's going to probably talk touch on this and so i'm just gonna go ahead and beat him to the punch I don't know if a rebuild package from anybody is going to be all draft picks. I don't think it's going to be a burn it to the ground situation. I think it's entirely possible that the Pelicans could, let's say they get to the point where they have to trade Anthony Davis. I'm sorry, I'm just kind of working this out as we go. Like, I just think it's a much more likely scenario that the Pelicans are, you know, instead of using an Anthony Davis trade to burn everything to the ground, that they fill in the gaps that they have. If, like, you stick with a lineup of Nikola Mirotic, Drew Holiday, and just kind of fill in pieces around them if you can get the pieces. I'm not sure why anyone would be, like, confident in a tank rebuild, especially since I think there's a lot more examples of it not working than it working. Uh, Sure, Oklahoma City had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, but if you're starting it, especially this year... I just don't think you're there. You're going to get that person. Uh, you're so far away from the bottom. And this draft, at least from what you hear people say, is a pretty weak draft. Uh, maybe next year's draft is better. I just don't. I think you get into a weird cycle. And I'm just not sure if it's a good idea from a fan interest perspective, a team building perspective. I'm just not there yet. So I think I'm going to keep rooting for wins. Uh, you know, be as happy. It's not very happy, but as happy as I can be for a sports team that I have no control over uh, getting W's. But I think that's just the way I'm going to kind of go about it. I'm not sure how you are, but hey, do you. Anyways, this is where I leave you. Uh, Your normal host, Jake Madison, at Jake on Twitter, will be back tomorrow to talk about Pistons or rebuild packages, or some other thing. 
Uh, like I said, he's much better at this than me. I'm sure he has something planned out. Uh, on the other hand, I am Luis Enrique Corza once again. Uh, you can find me at Pelicans Reddit if you want to follow a crazy person. Uh, but yeah, follow me at, at Pelicans Reddit. R-E-D-D-I-T. Uh, thanks for listening.